Like you got a big crib and stuff like on the beach? <laughs> no. You don't got a shotty down in Cabo? No. Anyways. Sheesh. Welcome back to the best podcast out right now. Thank you for listening, watching, and most importantly, subscribing. Smash the sub button if you haven't already. This is a MTA podcast. We're going to start off by talking about a uh, life lesson or a story, shall we say, and how we grew slash learned from it. Tommy, you want to start us off? Tommy, you want to start? <sighs> yeah, I could. I okay. could. I could right. start us off. All right. So a couple of years ago, like for vacation, I went to Africa, mm -hmm. which was like a really cool experience for like a lot of different reasons. Like, yeah, I went on a safari. That's like why I went. So we originally went into Cape Town, which it's all in very South Africa, like way yeah. south, like basically on the very bottom of Africa. And we went to Cape Town, which is like southwest. And um, we flew in and we stayed at this hotel, which was really nice. And it was outside a city, so it was modern. I mean, there was definitely, like, really, really poor parts that we could see and stuff like that. But we stayed at this really nice hotel. And then we flew east to go do the safari and then came back for, like, the last two days, whatever. We did, like, a four-day safari and then came back west, back to Cape Town for, like, two days. And uh, while we were in Cape Town... Um, we did like tours of the city. We did like, like, um, we went through like markets and walked through the city, ate there, just got to understand what it was like. And a lot of it was not that different from, you know, how you would conduct yourself or what, or like, you know, any other big city like San Fran, like, you know, it yeah. was pretty like, you know, there was definitely, it was definitely seen more diverse, but you know, places to eat, very much industrialized, you know, corporations had, you know, staked in, their spot. But in Africa? This was in Cape Town, yeah. So, like, people would never know, right? Like, yeah, well, people, when they think of Africa, they the probably think of, like, like, you know, villages in the desert. But yeah. this is Cape Town. It's, like, a pretty big city. It's, like, modern. It's got a couple million people who live there. It's dope. It's got this, like, big mountain. It's really cool. It's a cool city. But I... I got to go through a slum of Africa, which is basically like, not like a ghetto, like, you know what I mean? Not yeah. like a ghetto, like a ghetto in America is like very different, but like a slum. So like, it was like a neighborhood, but it's not like how you'd picture a neighborhood. It was like dirt. There were these like mud roads and on the side were like these really, really dirty houses. Like they weren't even really houses. They were just kind of. Like shacks. They were kind of like gypsum frames of oh, like really? houses. So it was like basically like drywall houses type Dang. kind of thing. Dang. And they didn't have any running water. They didn't have any electricity. And there were like people everywhere who, dressed in like dirty clothes. It almost looked like maybe it could have been a neighborhood that was once functional and once like good, but it was soup. It almost just looked like super run down and stripped of all of its luxuries and all of its like amenities, I guess. And, you know, I went in this, I went in this neighborhood and it was so hard to drive through because the roads were like mud and like there were like people cooking like live animals and stuff, you know, outside of the neighborhood, like 
wild, like crazy animals that you would just like never eat. I, I don't remember exactly what, but just, you know, not something that you would just find in like the U.S. supermarket. And I just got to go through and see how like people live. And there wasn't like a single other white person there besides my family and I, obviously, because we're white. But like there wasn't there weren't any other white people. It was they were just African people all throughout the the city and all throughout like the slum and like a lot of little children and it was astonishing how dirty it was like just how dirty and like filthy 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 place uh you know according to our standard no no asphalt just dirt and filth and it smelled bad and it just was like awful yeah and He'd like walk. I walked into like this guy's like house almost, and he had a bed. The room was probably like twice the size of this room, or maybe it was like the same width, but you'd like double the length, you know. And the guy had like a twin like bunk bed in the corner, and he had like a stove like in the same room. Like it was so compact, and the space between them was probably less than a couple feet. Like. Jeez. You just you could get he could get down from his bed and be standing in front of his stove like that's how compact it was and it was only like one room, and it was just like so humbling for me you know like, and that's why I tell this story because it took so long to get to Africa we had to fly to like Dubai and then we had to fly to like Cape Town it was like hours it seemed like days, and I just remember thinking on the way there like oh this is like hell you know this is like flying for so long and like i can't stand this and you know getting uncomfortable and it just being just being so tired but i took a step back when i was able to walk through that slum and just be like look like my life is like so good you know compared to like these people and you know the the reality is that like the majority of the world lives close to that or like that or certainly not at the level that we do yeah, and I was just like grateful to be in the position that I'm in, you know, like with my house, you know, not only just a house, but like like luxury like, stuff, yeah. like education stuff, and not having to like worry about like getting a disease and dying, yeah. you know, and like like our problems are so much different than their problems, like yeah, it's crazy, and I feel like it's trips like that that make you appreciate like. Even just having your own bed. You know what I mean? It's right. like one of those yeah. nights you're just like, wow. Yeah, and, and it was just like a super cool experience, I guess. So, yeah, that's, that's my crazy. deal. You got one, Joel? Or? Uh, here, you go first. All right, so um, <clears throat> mine's not as detailed as Tommy's. But, um, you know, when you're a kid and, like, uh, you want things, like, you just want them. So, um, this story is I was in the second grade. And, um, yeah, they had this class prize going where if you finished, um, an in-class assignment, it was like reading out loud. It was like a, um, like a race, like reading out loud and stuff. Like who could read it the fastest or who could spell the fastest or something like that. Yeah. And, um, uh, we did that and I was, I didn't even attempt to do it. Um, but the incentive to do it, like what she was trying to get the kids to do is learn how to do it and. The prize was this basket. It was literally a chest, like one of like you would bury, like an actual chest. 
And uh, she let anyone pick whatever one thing, whatever they want. And um, two days go by. I didn't attempt it once. And the third day, there was one person left, actually, I think. And she had her full attention on, on that one person because there only was one teacher in the class. I literally grabbed my, my toy out of the basket without even doing it. I literally stole it. I hit a lick on it. <laughs> but what I learned was when I brought it back home, it was it like never felt right. I just I just hated having it. And literally after the first, within like minutes of having it home, it wasn't even fun to play with. And I immediately like restapled. I remember it was like um kind of like a glad bag, like plastic like that. And I restapled it back up. It literally brought it back and put it right back in the thing the next day. Because it just, it didn't feel right. I, it just didn't feel right. Like taking that. Like at all. So I think the life lesson um, that I learned was um, like, do like, even if you make a mistake, like I made a mistake. I didn't think, I didn't know that I'd feel that way. I thought it would just be fun. I had the toy. But, but like when you make a life mistake at that moment, that night when I was packing it up, I thought my life was over. But looking back, like it is such a little thing. So I think the biggest thing I learned was like things seem so much bigger when you're going through them. So take a step back, take a deep breath and just, you know what I mean? Like just think about it before you do things. And even if you're in the middle of like, uh, packing it up as if you relate to mine like it's it it always gets better it's never that worse because i felt like i could never i thought it was like the end of the world but there was a uh, grass over the rainbow right yeah that's a good one joel do you got one all right so basically since obviously my fa- my family's from mexico right since i'm yeah mm-hmm. my family like every three years i would say they like to go to Mexico, and it depends on, like, who goes. What do you... Wait, wait. So, like, how does that even work out? Like, how do you plan that? Do you, like, go to a hotel or... No, no. We have family there. Oh, so you just, like, stay at the house. Yeah. You got a nice crib and stuff like that. Like, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a nice crib. Like, pesos aren't, like, dollars, so, like, you're nah. pretty well off or no? No, nah, pesos are worth a lot less than dollars. I think yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. That's so, like, you got more pesos than dollars, so, like, you well off there or no? Yeah. Like you got a big crib and stuff like on the beach? <laughs> no. You don't got a shoddy down in Cabo? No. Anyways. But my family lives in this, uh, or like my family's, I guess you say like other family in Mexico. They live in this Familia? city called Manuel Doblado. Whoa, whoa, what was that again? Manuel Doblado. Wow. Too much, too much. Now go on. The infrastructure there is not as nice as it is here in America. That's like one of the first things I realized, like, because the first time I went to Mexico with my family, I was like four or five years old. I remember like, I remember things vaguely, but I just remember that every single house there was just made of brick and just cement. Really? Yeah. And it's like, it's not even like, it's not even that nice. And that's what every single house is. And then I noticed that like, like in my, in like my, like uh, my mother's sister's house. They get water, but they don't really get hot water. It's mainly just like either like lukewarm or just cold water. And then like the food there is nice, but I, that's one thing I notice about li- about like my family that lives in Mexico is that 
it's very like poor there, I guess you could say. And there's a, there's a lot of other families that are poor too. And it just like, it just makes me think like I have a really like nice house and I'm just lucky to like You're very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Those like those um, and it's every time I go to Mexico cuz I've been to Mexico like 3 4 times now. Oh, only three. I thought you go down there like, like once a year. You're not three. No, no, no. It's like every like four, four to five years. I mean, oh, we, have, okay. we haven't gone in a while because of COVID. Ajay, you got one? The only one right now would be like, like save your money, I guess. I don't know. That's a good one. That's a good one. People, people go into the world and they don't know how to manage their money. Like, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't know. They have an unrealistic expectation of money. They end up just spending. They don't save. They don't invest. Investing is one of the smartest things you can do with your money. Yeah, yeah. investing really helps, especially I mean, with inflation. I've been, I've been saving since I was like, uh, probably like six, and um. Because, like, my parents were really strict about me not, like, spending it on, like, stuff that, like, it's I dumb. don't need. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb stuff. Yeah. But, like, obviously, you know, I could buy, you know, I can buy stuff. Like, I bought stuff for, like, you know, like, my setup and stuff. Yeah. Like parts for, like, my PC and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I've been saving so much. I think I'm, like, I have, like, 18K probably. Sheesh. Yeah, that's sick. That's sick, bro. And then, yeah, just, like. Waiting to get a car and stuff. Yeah, get it. Cars are super expensive. Do not, I, dude. This is okay. Okay. Do you have anything to say, Tommy? I was just gonna say cars are expensive, but dude, you go. Dude, this is what happens. People want to ball out on the budget, right? They got twenty. They got eighteen k. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna take either all that eighteen k or fifteen k to buy a car. Such a bad move, honestly. Well, no, well, what what my parents do? They they match they whatever split. I have. Anyways, so if I have 18k, then they, then they'll put in another put. Yeah, they'll put in another 18k. Anyways, yeah. like honestly, if I could give what I would do to my kid, I don't care how rich I am, I'm not buying my kid a nice car for his first car. I, w- I wouldn't either. Because this I is the thing. Either. This is the thing. Um, you know how they say like um little moments in like someone's life like triggers them to do stuff. No. <laughs> No, no, I'm actually being dead serious. I know, I know what you, you know mean, what I mean. Like, yeah. like, like billionaires have like moments, like Elon Musk, like that triggered like him to like work hard. Not having a good car triggers every guy at least to to have a good car. I'm not even lying. Yeah. Am I wrong, Tommy? No. Like, imagine if all you were given was like a total like a bad car for your first car. Yeah. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, you got to go out and work to get your own car. Yeah. And I think you know that I mean? people think like they save a lot of money, but once you get out into the real world and like, like even like when you live on your own, you don't re- you don't ever realize like how much money you spend on bills and like just Dude, like normal 100%. everyday. Dude, hundred percent. Do you guys have credit cards yet? No, nah, not yet. No, I don't. So I recommend getting a credit card to, and yeah. splitting like having like your parents get a credit card for you, right? You spend their money, right? The best thing I've learned because I have my parents have a credit card, they give me the monthly bill of how much I spent. And every time it's like nine hundred dollars, and I'm like, "What did I spend it on?" And I'm looking at it, and it's like gas, one hundred and fifty bucks a month. Yeah, I'm oh. like, okay, okay, okay. Oh, it's way more than. But that I, for I don't, me. I don't drive that much, so. Way and I'm more like, okay, all right, okay, I could see that. And then it's like sushi, McDonald's. You're like, oh my gosh, 
Yeah, like, especially dude. I like you don't you don't like if you like you don't think about it and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, six hundred dollars was spent on like this, that, and this, and it's like I don't even realize it. You I, just swipe the card. I feel like especially for fast food because you always spend like like yeah, eight, fast eight, food, eight to ten dollars like every and every you, single time at and, least, and, and you go pretty often and you don't think about it, but it adds up too. It adds up quick, dude. Fast food is is a big one. It's a rip off though. It's kind of a. It's really expensive now, huh? Bro, yeah, yeah. it is. It is. I, Dude, like, I went to I went to Burger King. They wanted to charge me fourteen dollars for a meal. Really? Yeah, fourteen dollars for a large. I'm like for a large meal. I'm like, dude, this is fast I food. Mean, yeah. I don't. I don't really get fast food anymore. I just I just eat at my house and like yeah. I'll make something. Yeah, I'm, I eat at my house a well, lot. Like, if I'm gonna eat fast food, like I actually go to Taco Bell just because they have those boxes are like seven six dollars. Taco Bell probably has the best prices. Yeah. Am I gonna especially like, their think, boxes? Yeah. Cause you could have two tacos and be pretty much full. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like, if you go to like McDonald's, yeah, like, McDonald's is getting pretty expensive now. Getting so expensive. I like. For it's real. like actually shocking me. Like who? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. No. All all the fast food has been getting super expensive. Food in general is beginning more expensive. If you had a kid, like this is I think a great topic. We could do this in another episode. But if you had a kid, what? Like, what would you do? Like, how would you raise them? Would you give them a nice car? Would you give them a ton of stuff? Would you spoil them? Would, what would you, would you make them get a job? Like, Bro, that is a good topic. Like, regardless of how much money you make, let's talk about that. Like, what would you do? Start off, Tommy. I know I know exactly what like, yeah, you have. Yeah, idea. so, like, with my kid. Yeah. I think the most important things that you can do is establish a trusting relationship. 100%. So, so like, with my kid, right, every, like, Obviously, you know, I'm going to allow them to do different things at, at each age and more more comes with more age, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, once they get to that age where they're in high school and shit, I'm going to be like, look, I'm going to establish like, you know, like in the early years of my kid's life, like a trusting relationship. Like, I need you to be honest with me, even if it's not the like in your interest to do so. But see, the thing is, how do you do that? Because I have I have like with my parents, I have such an honest relationship like. Yeah, but like I don't, I don't remember like what caused that. Like, how well, do you, how do you well, do that? W- what you, what you don't do. Yeah. What you don't do is you don't flip out on your kid when they screw up. Yeah. Because then they'll be afraid to tell you that they did. Yeah. So don't flip out on your kid when they screw up. You say, "Hey, look, we're human. We're all human. We make mistakes, right? If they're doing something that's super, like, like obviously it's completely situational. Yeah. Like, I was gonna say for dumb stuff. For dumb stuff. You know, parents that just go crazy. It's like, yeah. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, you don't need to go crazy. Like, you don't need to. You net. There's. I don't think there's ever any excuse to lay a finger on your kid. Oh, I don't think so either. I, I I'd was never. I'd never hit my son. I've ever. never been hit, and I. My parents never I'd believed never in that. Never hit my son. I would. No matter how mad he made me, I. You never got an excuse to hit. hit Hit your child. I think it's because they're like, they're because like, what do you call it? It's like, it's not really fair. They're kind of like helpless. Yeah. It's a it's grown abusive. person. Versus, it's abusive. Yeah, it's, like, it's not right. I never, I never understood that no, at all. It's not right. So never an excuse to do that. And I just think don't make your kids scared of you. Befriend your kid. Be friends with your kid. How do you do that? You take them out to the park. Like, and what age? This is the big thing. What age? You just show love to your ch- to your kids. Let them know that you got them. Whatever. Well, kids do nice things for them. Show them show them what it means to be a a fam a good family member. Show them that that they'll be rewarded if they put in the time and the effort for the family, and that they'll be rewarded if they hit their expectations. Yeah, and yeah. the early years of a kid are most important because the that, most important. That's what that's when they grow the fastest mentally. Dude, 
So, do you, are any of you guys uncles yet? I am. No. You're an uncle? Dude, yeah. how, how old uh, are the kids? Uh, one of them is two, and I think one of them is about to turn one or is already one. So, yeah, I remember when I was there, too. So, um, I, have, I have two nieces. and I have one niece and one nephew. The niece is seven years old. So, at 10 years old, my name, this is a big thing. If you're, if you're becoming a niece or an uncle or a, a, an aunt, aunt. Um, the biggest thing is, you know how your name is uh, Maddie, Tommy, Joel? Yeah. You, you, your name is not Joel anymore. It's not Maddie. It's not Tommy. Your uncle. Your uncle Tommy. Uncle Joel. Yeah. Uncle Maddie. I haven't been called Maddie either by my parents since I was 10. Think about that. That's crazy. It's I hated it, but like now, like, it's something you just get used to, like. You, I've never been addressed by my real name in the house. It's just Uncle Maddie. It's just Uncle. Uncle, what do you want? It's like, it really ticked me off at first because it's like, but making that sacrifice, like when my nieces and nephews grow up, they're, they'll like, I have a very close relationship. So I've sacrificed a lot for them. And that's the biggest thing. Sacrifice, dude, how many times they've gotten, I've done this, they've messed up, they've gotten the car and then spilled something and I got to clean it up. Sacrifice is the biggest thing I think about having kids or even being around kids. You're going to sacrifice a lot and you just got to get used to it. You know what I mean? Kids yeah. are kids are just, I don't really are go- just people turning into adults. Yeah. yeah. I haven't really gotten to that point yet because I mean, like our, our, or my brother and his girlfriend, they, yeah. they visit like once or twice a year. And so I haven't really yeah. gotten to that point. Like I know them, but like they still don't talk either, and they're still in diapers. Yeah, no, I yeah. I get that. I Wait get till that. they talk. Though. Yeah, when they talk, I'll, I'll probably figure it out. And you know how they say like, "Oh my god," when they start walking, it's insane. Yeah, dude, that phase goes by so quick. I'm not even lying. I remember when my niece was born. This was seven years ago, and the next thing you know, it it's like she's almost a teenager. Like she's almost ten. She's gonna be thirteen. It's stunned so quick. But my sister and my brother-in-law, especially my brother-in-law, I hope you're not listening to this, but they have, a, it's like hard for them because they're they're in their 30s, like 35 or whatever, but they flip out on the littlest things. They're so, they're, the kids don't, aren't allowed to have like sweets. They're not allowed to get certain food. Yeah. They're very strict, but, but I grew up in a house where it's like, dude, if you want chocolate, knock yourself out, eat all the chocolate in the house, do it. And then yeah. when you get sick, you learn. Hey, dude, that, that is Preach, and I, bro. And I never yeah. had, I never laughed like, dude, you, you eat chocolate, you puke a few times, and then you just learn. Like, you just. Dude. And I ne- that's we never had I'm any saying. problem with TV, with um, with uh, uh, video games. It's like, you do it. Just do bro, it. You'll see the par- repercussions. Bro, parents are so afraid of trial and error, bro. Yeah, that's the, my, that's my dad the is. the best way to learn. My yeah. dad, he's a genius for this. He never, he's. He's such a cool dude, but like, he was very smart in how he did it. He was, it was total trial and error. Like, do you want to do this? Go ahead, go do it. Go to and then if you wait if you late to school you see the repercussions. Yeah, unless it's like blatantly dangerous or something. But like, yeah, no, that's the bro. I'm saying that's the way too. That's something I would do with my kid. Like, you want to eat chocolate? Go ahead. I'll buy as many chocolate bars as you want, and then you'll puke. And then bro, especially like, especially when they get older too, because like I'm gonna be like to my son or like whoever, like my daughter, like, like if you. Like, if if you want to, like, spend all day on your phone, like, okay, that's up to you. But that's the life that you're choosing. But, like, if you or like, if they ever want to change, too, like, I'm always there to help them, too. Yeah. Like, you do, like, you do what you want, but you just got to make sure that you're making the right decision. And if you screw up, just call me, bro. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? 
What do you think about social media? Because I'm going to be honest, I didn't have social media until like uh, maybe freshman or sophomore year. Like really though. And like even on Instagram, 150 followers. Then like senior year or junior year, you know, you get up to like the 500s, the 550s or whatever. But like I feel like I had at the perfect time. But there's some kids that just are like addicted. Like they need it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like a I'm compulsory not like, I'm not like thing. That, but like. It's like a compulsory thing where, like, they see their phone light up and they have to look at it. Well, or, well, like, or I, like, whenever their brain, it's like a thing where, like, our brains are so used to stimulation that, like, if there's ever a sitting moment, if there's ever a still moment, we just pick up our phones because our brains are in search of constant 100%, stimulation. 100%. Yeah. Like, how many times are you watching a TV show and you're like, or a movie or, or doing anything. Yeah, and, and then and then worse. all of a sudden you're like the, it's still going. There's no commercial. I hate when I do this. And I'm just like on my phone, like scrolling to TikTok, Instagram. There's already stimulus. Yeah, like I always like, have to be doing You something. know what I mean? But yeah, no, nah, so it's bad, but what do you guys say, Joel? I was gonna say, especially nowadays, like ever since I downloaded TikTok during quarantine, yeah. like I don't get on it that often. But like once I get on it. I feel like I'm on there for like three, four hours. Facts. Easily. Facts. Like, do you ever notice like, this is the worst. You start, your phone's at like 90%. And all of a sudden you're down to 23%. And you're like, yeah. whoa. And then, yeah. and then this is the worst part. You notice it, you plug your phone in and you still keep scrolling while it's plugged in. Yeah. Everyone's done it. I think the worst is also when you get your screen time report. Like, I'm like. I don't I'll, even check it. Like, cause I get the notifications for it. And every time I see it, I'm like, I spent this much on my phone. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I do too. But yeah, but hey, look, looks like we're we're at thirty minutes here. So all right, let me get one more. Let's thing wrap off. it up. But yeah, um, so this is the thing about social media. There's kids, even if like they're not dependent on it, kids change when they have social media. Am I wrong? Yeah, like how they change. Oh, like well, there, there's everyone will accustom like, themselves to like what they want people to see them as and all. If that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, we got to do this on another episode. We don't have enough time to get it off right now, but yeah. Thank yeah. you for uh, listening to the podcast. Stay Thanks tuned all. for maybe a part two of this, guys. No, part two. Yeah, thank you. Part two. Yeah, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. See y'all. See ya.